coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, the satanic panic. See, you have to understand that way back in ancient times, in like 1970s, 80s, and 90s, we had these cults that did these crazy rituals and they, you know, hurt virgins and children. And if it wasn't for like a pack of Christian conservatives, we'd probably still be under their spell. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So keep it right here. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian vein of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take and perhaps it won't suck. Maybe uh, he's a great guy. Who knows? He, he is a great but guy. But on, on this, asshole. <laughs> are you left-handed uh i am permanently now but uh <laughs> oh <I do>. uh, <laughs> sorry yes i'm quite proud of myself if you can't tell fellas <laughs> <laughs> what is happening that intro was so pregnant with irony that <laughs> I, I i was i think i was gonna say uh well that's a take and it will probably happen. <laughs> yeah. So so good. I got to put it in anyway because there yeah, it is. All right. Well, yeah, that'll come nice. up. That'll come up as we get into it. But, that's right. Um, the 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 week that was. Uh, first of all, I want to ask you to go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. Do it. We're doing well. We're having fun. And uh, there, if you like this content, we're gonna we're gonna put out a lot more. So our our downloads on the podcast side were over a thousand downloads. So what? there's another, there's another uh, milestone for us that we've hit. Yeah, I was I, I saw that today. I was doing I was getting last week's posted, and we were 1066 was the actual okay. number. So thank you, okay. everybody. Look at us. Yeah, thank you. Be Coming fun. along. Uh, Cheers, Joe Rogan. Yeah, oh. Joe Rogan does that in like five minutes. It took us five months. But, but hey, you know, well, <laughs> he, does, he doesn't have the compelling, hard hitting, deep theological content like us. People who people you know shy away. If you're scared, you're scared. That's fine. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he appeals to the lowest common denominator. We're kind of like more highbrow, like if for for refined discerning podcast consumers, that's we're we're, we're here for you. Yeah, if Joe called me to be on his show, I wouldn't even accept. I'd be like, I'd be like mm. why should we be on your show, Joe? <laughs> Maybe if you have something to contribute, you can be on ours, but uh, uh you're gonna have to sell us on it. Right. I'm just, I'm just kidding, Joe. I know you're listening. Call, call me we Joe. Would, Mr. Mr. Rogan. I'm sorry, Mr. Rogan. We would, uh, we would, we would do anything to be on your show. We have no dignity. <laughs> so, um, uh, this weekend, uh, Briar had her her book signing. How'd that so, go? So the the artists we know as Briar R. Rose with their own pub. It went well in her coffee shop. Of course, Delani decorated it. It looks, right. you know, like a Delani show right. in, in a coffee shop. Um, a couple of people stayed back. Her her uh, her owner slash manager, shout out to Jason. Nice. nice. And uh, he he stayed back, kept it open, got to, you know, purchase drinks and whatnot. I got to hang out with my brother and my son and um, my brother's girlfriend's having a baby. She's due uh, in, in a couple of weeks. So I'll have a new right niece. 
a niece. Oh, is she uh, named? Has she has she been uh, identified? I, holding Iris, back? Iris, Iris Eve. Forgive me if I fucked that up. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I like that name. Iris. Yeah, that's that's uh, gonna be a new a new niece. So fun fun stuff there. Um, she signed a few books. Um, yeah, Very cool. Got to read a couple of a couple of excerpts from her her little poetry thing, and uh, her. Uh, her AP English teacher showed up, so from high school, and there you go, and that was that was a fun little. That's a little, little uh, you know, full circle kind of thing, right? Right, like, yeah. hey, this is one of that's my cool. students, and she's that's got to be she's, validating. She's published. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. Because how many right. English teachers get to say their students went on to become poets? Exactly, right? right? Like, like that's the that, dream. just that one, that one teacher. Yeah. she's the one that got to do that. She's so. probably she's 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 stunting all over all of her all of her colleagues back at. Uh, Back at, at the schoolhouse now, right? And it's where I'm like, hey, do you see you see Cooper? And she's like, well, I never actually had Cooper for class. I'm like, you didn't have him for AP English? You don't say. <laughs> uh oh. So yeah, that's that's funny. And Cooper's like, hey, right? I went, he's like, he's like, hey, I went we... to college. Oh, she didn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got I mean, a degree. Mom. I mean, what's up? I mean, there's <laughs> so... that. So he can he can flex a little yeah. bit as well. Coop, so Coop might be faculty soon, right? Like at a school. That's right. So there's a whole different weird circle yeah. going on there. So good stuff. He he's doing well. He's uh, coaching at a at a at a high school in Orange County and uh, giving them all their speed training to include the football players, soccer players, all the the, the athletic directors stuff. Come see Cooper to get faster. Nice. And that's that's pretty go. cool. You can uh, get at me on Instagram, Super Dre, and uh, Brian. What's up, man? Hey, Dre. Well, I didn't have as exciting weekend as you did. Um, okay. You didn't suddenly a, have uh, children that wrote books? No. Uh, <laughs> I did record a hip-hop album. Um, dropped some up. beats. Chasing I've been wait- Ben Shapiro? I've, I've been, I've been yeah, waiting on that. I figured, yeah, I know. I know, man. We've been. It's a dream we've all had for me to finally do my, uh, you know, drop some beats. Figured Ben Shapiro is taking off. Now is the time for nerdy conservative white guys to uh take over rap so uh i mean that's 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 who listens to it so why not be the ones to actually do it yeah it's 2024 number one in hip-hop is ben shapiro the biggest name in football is taylor swift we're in the birds of a civil war and world war three and it's only january (laughs) i feel like you're kind of mocking my dream of being a a world famous hip-hop artist but um Anyway, that's what I did. Uh, you can find me at the thirdhelix.com and look for my hip hop album wherever uh, hip hop albums know, are sold. Hip hop hip hop albums are sold in the future. Just keep anywhere looking. you see a CD dude might... in a parking lot with his trunk open and he's trying to sell CDs. Brian's CD is probably in there. And if you can't find it, it's just it's coming. Just be patient. Matt, what's up with you, man? Man, I uh, made a quick run down to San Antonio this weekend. Uh, I hadn't been down in a while to see my dad. Um, and my aunt, shout out Peggy, uh, came across, she scored some tickets to the Spurs game and she kind of just did this, hey, is there any chance you want to come down to San Antonio? And I was like, well, yeah. So I was like, I need to come down and see my dad anyway. And this is a good excuse. So we jumped in the car and Austin and I went down there and uh, they turned out to be uh, sweet tickets for one of the minority minority owners um, at, the, at the Frost Stadium, as it's now called, Frost Arena. So the seats were amazing. The game was great until the last three minutes. And, uh, you know, it happens. It is what it is. They're young. They're learning. 
So, you know, got down to San Antonio, saw the family, um, got to see a game, took my son. I'm not making any promises, but while we were there, my son was like, you know, dad, I think I'm just as big a Spurs fan as I am a Thunder fan. I was like, you want some gear? Let's go to the pro shop. <laughs> he, he's not a gear. He's not he's a sports like... gear kid, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. There's still hope. Other than that, um, not a lot else going on. Uh, my wife's been doing some kind of remodel in her in her office so you know the house is torn up and that's what always happens when i leave town so you know it's the huge um other than that everybody catch me at at matt Moore on on twitter x and uh yeah let's get into the show so dre, so dre the we're talking about the 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 great scare of the 80s now huh? this is just yeah like like right after the commies, right? So we had Q- the commies, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Satan. Is that kind Satan's of the kind of, I mean, kind of during the commies were? I mean, they kind of, they kind of I mean, coincided. The commies are enduring, so you know they. I mean, the commies mm-hmm. never really go away, do they? Right. There was, I think, there was like this weird, uh, like coming together moment with all kinds of kindling with, with the boomers having. You know, having kids or or the you know that generation having the boomers, they grow up in this whole free love society. Right around the '60s, much of craziness happens, and then and then weird uptick in like 1969 of like these uh these cult groups. You know, big headliner the Manson family, right? So in '69, mm-hmm. Sharon Tate, the pregnant lady, and the and the other four people that were in her house were murdered by the Manson family. A little while later, two other people get murdered. And uh, of course, at that time in the 70s, you know, following up, um, you've got a bunch of serial killers, the Zodiac killer starting in the late 60s and going through the yeah. 70s and never gets caught. So so now we're Boston we're Strangler, kinda, same time. Uh that was a little earlier, but was it okay? But yeah. Uh uh John Wayne Gacy, Menendez uh, Brothers. Didn't Ted they catch Bo- the Zodiac killer? I don't think so. Yeah, there's a movie that caught him. Yeah, well, there's a couple of movies, man. Uh, Ted Bundy, yeah, right. And so, I, when you have you know these these crazy cult factors, and then like the Zodiac give you iconography to kind of go with it, and I I think what what made that all kind of crazy is that there wasn't more serial killers in the 70s than there were throughout history, but the coverage of serial killers was super big right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for example ted bundy is the first trial that was like televised is that right so so you got this this crazy demon guy like murdering people you know and he's you know he's televised we're, we're seeing it every day and then everything starts getting sensationalized and once once you learn that that's what ratings are made of things kind of get yep. sensationalized all, yep. all the way um, in 69 at the same time, also, we talked about this in the, our Satan episode or Satanist episode, you know, Anton LaVey comes out with his Satanic Bible. So now there's legitimacy because they have their own scripture or religion. Now they're not right. Just so these... they're a religion. So these cult people that gather together. But I think if, if all of that is the fuel in 1980, a book came out called Michelle remembers. And, uh, and basically that's a book about, uh, a woman with repressed memories from when she was five years old, she starts to remember through therapy that, uh, that she was handed over by her mother uh, to a satanic cult. And, and just real, real quick, 
this this is gonna get into this episode is gonna get into sex, rapey stuff, child abuse, things of that nature. So if you're if you're triggered by any of those types of things, maybe this episode isn't for you. And I don't I, I think they will give it the reverence it deserves, but you know, just saying that, you know, molestation and and child abuse in, in a in a ritual fashion, not that savory, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so, fair, that's probably fair yeah. to do that as a as a as a you know little advisory statement. And for anybody that maybe this is the first time listening to our show we tend to be a little uh, fast and loose with dark humor. So given that early um, statement, and if you know anything about us, you know that we don't take any of those issues lightly, although it might sound like we do later in this show. So right. uh, just kind of, you know, kind of take that with a grain of salt and kind of understand who we are. We're, we're not, we're not condoning or uh, admiring any of these kind of terrible behaviors. So some of these, these, uh, these these memories that came up michelle smith she she remembers uh being in a cult um her mother handed her over um lots of um sex orgy stuff slaughtering of animals right in front of her but what she really remembers is all the fetuses all the all the dead babies just in 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 every story that you hear about some of these cults there's just dead babies all over the place like this baby's dying that's really weird you have to eat the flesh of the baby because only Satan would do such a horrific thing, right? So what what's kind of wild to me though is that okay, so where where are all these missing babies? Where's the reports of right. of, of the missing babies? Well, is there an I epidemic mean, of thousands of babies gone missing? It, how, how does a baby get reported missing if some teen mom didn't report that she was pregnant? Or if some cultist was impregnated during right. an orgy, right? Or and some victim of ritual abuse mm-hmm. was yeah, you deliver so, your own baby and it right. becomes a sacrifice. Kid, kid right. teen eighteen runs away from home, gets into some bad spots, ends up pregnant, doesn't want to go home and tell their parents, so she hangs out until. So that's so that's an interesting term. take because anytime you hear about the detractors, they'll always come up like, "There's no evidence for any of this stuff that's being said." I yeah, mean, there, there's, I, there's there's a reason for that, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, and your your intro and your for the past few minutes, it it, it has it's raised several objections. In, in my mind, but I wanted to let you finish before I sure got into it. So I don't want to cut you off or, or, or object prematurely. So I'll uh, let you, <laughs> I didn't... Brian, do you, you suffered from premature objection. <laughs> I, I, I heard, I heard it. I heard it as it was, uh, as you were saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I knew that was, I teed it up. I, it, it, I, it, it, it happens to all of us, Brian, from time so, to time. So uh, for the Let's for you, you this is exactly what Matt was talking about. This is this is <laughs> so if this is your first time here, this is this is what we say. This is what we do. Um, so with with that in 1980, that book coming out, um, of course, uh, in the in the in the doctor, his name was Larry Pazner, and he he helped Michelle mm-hmm. write this. Okay, there goes my light. Uh, it is gone. Uh, so hopefully you can still see me. The devil, the devil doesn't want you to keep talking. Right. Devil didn't like that at all. Like, hey, hey, dark prince, my bad, my bad. Don't talk to him directly. Actually, fuck you. Let's fight. We, I got Charlie Daniels on my side. Mm. Wow. Okay, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, um, I don't go picking fights with the devil. She start. She start. They they go on tour. Like the book was debunked like really early or there was lots of objections to it, of mm-hmm. course, because um, 
just repressed memory therapy is kind of a kind of a whack science borderline kind of right is you know it's fringy right yeah Yeah. is Um, it is it pseudoscience because the method of recovering the memories is in question or because the reality of repressed memories is in question i would think the former rather than the latter okay I'm not sure. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, I mean, I I guess the question is, have they ever done a clinical analysis to be like, hey, we already know you should know this, but you don't. So we're going to go try to pull it out. And then if it works, then we know it worked. And I mean, when you're working from an unknown deck of cards and you say, I'm going to do a magic trick and pull a card out of the middle. Well, in in this book, how they they got it, he recorded all the sections, all the sessions. So sometimes for like hours a day, all of it was recorded and then all the recordings were written down into a narrative for the, for the book. Um, There was a, there was a third party like secretary who, who, you know, put the tapes together and edited some of them. And, and she believes something happened to Michelle because she was there for all of the things. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of times things are pretty, pretty sensationalized. And even if a fraction of the things actually happened to her, or you know about her then then already we're talking about some criminality that's pretty that's pretty jacked up yeah yeah and and just i want to disclaimer this with i have done zero research on this i'm just responding to what i'm hearing in the moment i think that repressed memories have been discredited as a, as as evidence in a in a courtroom right um because a lot of like it's the way it was used was that you know say there's there's a divorce case happening and uh, the mom wants to uh, screw the dad by claiming he sexually abused their kid. And so she hires a, a shrink to do this therapy to, to extract they, very specific yeah, they, things. Yeah. They ask all these kind of leading questions and instead of uncovering repressed memories, what they wind up doing, maybe with bad intention, maybe com- with, com- with, at completely innocently but what they wind up doing is planting the memories in the person right and so it, it it's become discredited as a, as a you know as courtroom evidence but i mean it's, it's a it's a detective tactic when you're interrogating someone you know that's a lot of yeah. false confessions get mm-hmm. get brought out exactly that way yeah and and in in some of the cases that we'll be talking about you know in the 80s that's exactly what happened um or and in the people that were imprisoned were later exonerated you know years later people spent time in in prison that you know perhaps didn't do anything wrong um i think the book got so much notoriety that all of a sudden they started going on book tours they started going on like sally jesse Raphael and uh uh you know maury povich back in the day some phil donahue some larry king uh i saw it on oprah uh and then because they were talking about satanic cults, she needed to be exercised from all of the trauma. So she got to go to the Vatican with her with her doctor. And and the Catholic Church was way involved in everything that really. Yeah. So so that that lended more credibility to their story. Well, and then I mean, they became experts in the occult and were also consultants on cases across the country as the satanic panic kind of works its way across the country and wow. all these all these cases come out they're they're consultants on it and they made a little bit of money and then come to find out both of them were married um but ended up marrying each other and there was some uh you know some some uh, 
so there was some some confidentiality, some some lines that were crossed there. Conflict uh, of interest, yeah. During during the during the the therapies, if you will. Sounds like there was some. I'm sure he was making her feel better. There was some satanic (laughs) panic trauma bonding going on, or something. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) I see what you're. I see what you're saying, Dre. So when that book comes out in 1980, it becomes really big, and then in 1983, Manhattan Beach, California, um, uh the McMartin uh, preschool. There was kind of a prominent preschool in the area at that time. And one of the students there had trouble with bowel movements and his mother questioned him on it. Oh no. And then, um, and then accused one of the the teachers, uh, Mr. Buckley of, uh, of, of abusing him. Nice. So because it, you know, Mr. Buckley was was brought in. He was questioned. They didn't have enough evidence to keep him. They let him go. But the but the police department believed that it was in the parents' best interest to know that this was going on at that school. So a little a little memo goes out to all of the uh, the parents at that school. So next thing you know, all the parents are asking all their kids the thing. And and now they're seeding potentially. Now, now uh, yeah, they are. I see, I see where you're going. So that, then yeah. and then you have therapists coming in with puppets little muppets like what happens when you did what where did they touch is that you, little is girl? that where is that where those that's where the word took from, show me on the doll, show where the doll? You? yeah yes okay that comes from the the mcmartin trials from, from in 19 it started the trial started in 1984 what's kind of significant about these trials is that they ran all the way through to 1987 before they were found innocent but a hung jury on on like 13 more counts so then it continued on until 1990 and to this day is the most expensive you know civil trial in in american history to include the, the oj trial to include the oj trial because the oj wow. trial was was quick you know pretty much it took a while to get started but once it once it got rolling it was but the, when we were talking about 1984 to 1990 yeah yeah right and there's in, in the whole time well, and a lot of kids a lot of parents right. a lot of money a lot of individual cases yeah so yeah. some of the accusations from the kids were there were secret tunnels. They were flushed down the toilet. Chuck Norris came. Uh, the teachers were flying on broomsticks. Um, you know, a lot of things that are just not not credible at all, right? So, uh, Chuck Norris could have been there. Chuck Norris could have been there. That's about and, the only thing that could have happened. <laughs> right, I'm pretty sure they weren't flushed down the toilet. And then, you know, lots of suggestive. Um, yeah, we played naked games. And then it came out later that a lot of kids denied lots of things, but then once, but the questions just kept coming. So they, they learned real quick that if I just tell the adult, they'll leave them what, alone and they'll stop yeah, getting they'll, badgered. They'll, yeah. I'll stop getting these questions. And, and these kids, I'm talking about like from two years old to four years old and through the trial, we're talking about people taking a stand. They're nine years old. Right. So, wow. you, you know, how, how easy would it be to, to manipulate those, mm-hmm. those children? Um, also in, in like the 80s, uh, Dan and Pam Keller, another uh, preschool incident, you know, blamed for those things. They went to prison for like 20 years. They're both out now. 20 years. Um, they were they were sentenced to 40. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, there was another thread at the same time. In 1979, there was a super popular game called Dungeons and Dragons, right? So I've heard of that. T- you, you, maybe maybe you've heard of it. Heard of and that. Uh, 
one of the big cases early was a kid named James Dallas Egbert, who the third who went to Michigan State. He was only 16 years old, so he's a prodigy in like computer science. And uh, he started feeling, you know, senses of loneliness and and uh, isolation. He was young, so he started, you know, doing he was drugs, a, drinking alcohol. He was a nerd. <laughs> and then and he a child. started hanging out in like the the utility tunnels at Michigan State. Well, um, I say that without judgment as a nerdy child. So, right. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons. I I didn't really play Dungeons and Dragons because I I preferred the Marvel version. TSR had another game with, with that, Marvel yeah. with yep. Marvel heroes, and to me yep. that was just more my speed than medieval yep. dudes and wizards. And my wizards come with fucking X Men. Do you understand? I don't. I don't. I don't need no no wizard casting spells. I need I need Professor X. I spent hours. <laughs> With that, with friends, we rarely played it. We just spent the whole time creating trying characters, to, trying to top each other's characters, and, yeah, and, and, argue, and arguing about the rules, right? And <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm Beyonder. I have all the powers. Right, like, that's yeah. not fair. You can't you can't yeah. be Beyonder. I am Beyond. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted so, I just wanted the world to know my experience with Marvel uh, role playing games. So. so so this guy uh ends up committing suicide. Uh and it, and it looks like he was also trying to deal with his uh, uh suspected homosexuality. So we have a a strong Christian family. Uh this guy's only 16, super brilliant, has some, you know, some depression problems, goes to college, has some troubles, ends up killing himself in 1980. Um, this is the real life case of uh, the book Mazes and Monsters, and when, and then of course that was turned into a movie that was Tom Hanks' first leading role. And you know, in 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 that movie, everyone who played Dungeons and Dragons were some weird kid that you know couldn't couldn't separate you know the the <laughs> life of of your character and your real life. And it just kind of took some artistic liberties on people that played Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a young man by the name of Irving Pulling, who apparently was also perhaps homosexual and his, his uber Christian family. And uh, he ended up shooting himself in the chest in his front yard. And his mother, Patricia uh, started an organization called bad, uh, bothered against Dungeons and Dragons. So the only thing that these two had in common, <laughs> other than all the suicidal stuff, that uh, one of the threads was they played Dungeons and Dragons. Ne never never was there an issue with Dungeons and Dragons, but they played it and it talks about spells. Uh Patricia ended up suing the principal of the school because he allowed them to play Dungeons and Dragons. Basically it was a community outreach program that uh hey, you know, they played Monopoly, they played Dungeons and Dragons. Um I guess he cast a spell on one of Irving's characters and she believed that it was a real spell that she, that he cast on him. And so therefore she, he sued them. That got thrown out. Oh, was, he like, sued... was he like a level 10 mage? How did he do yeah, that? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, she sued TSR that got thrown Yikes. out. And then she sued the publishers who released the books from TSR that got thrown out. So then she starts this organization. Now it, it's crazy. Cause if you look at some of the, a lot of the media and a lot of the quotes and the stats that come out from that time that the media just pumps, pumps and pumps. They're all quotes from bad. Really? This, yeah, this organization that just, just says 
you know, they conflate numbers about suicides and teenagers and people that play D&D. Fun fact, D&D players actually commit less suicide than normal kids. And it might have something to do with actually having I like, friends. I like I like how you categorize normal, normal kids, kids normal and kids. then D&D players. D&D but... players and then the fucking normal but, kids. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this reminds me of the uh, the, the uh, seduction of the innocent comic book scare of the 1950s. Um, are you familiar yeah, with same that? Same thing, yeah. Yeah, like the the writer of this book, Seduction of the Innocent. Basic, he he interviewed all the kids in who were in juvenile detention, and because they had all read comic books, he concluded therefore comic books contribute to juvenile delinquency. Oh, oh, okay, and, yeah. And Congress held hearings about this. It was like <laughs> the comics industry was afraid they were going to get they were going to get banned, so they came up with the Comics Code Authority, and it kind of like it, it's kind of. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to like go into the whole story here, but it's a really fascinating story about how this book and these congressional hearings and this moral panic over comic books kind of created pop culture as we know it um, because of the right. comics code authority. But, you know, had Frederick Wortham thought to, or maybe he did think, but he was just a liar. Had he thought to interview kids who didn't go to juvenile detention, he would have found that they too read comic books right and that there was that's a pretty bad causation correlation see, kinda, see, kinda, well, i mean music the same thing right elvis and his pelvis well, couldn't be on yeah. tv so and then, and then at it, this time that's when when thrash metal starts so yeah so yeah. i i can i can speak to a lot of this personally right so 81 82 i don't know if it was 81 or 82 but I remember this in, in my childhood I, I told this we talked about our our childhood I moved a lot as a kid so it's easy for me to isolate a year based on where I was living because I only lived there for like six to nine months. I I didn't go to the I same got the same thing going on. I know? didn't go to the same school for an entire school year of my entire life until uh, tenth grade. Um, so anyway, I remember I was living in um, College Station, Texas, and we lived in this area. It was like a like a four per, like a four tenant condo townhome kind of apartment setup and my my neighbor next door was my age i was six and again i was young i was first grade and his older brother played DD, but his older brother was like 12 right so like, we weren't even teenagers we were just little kids and we kind of just played out in the yard we go next door and play with each other and uh same like you guys mentioned we were we were messing around we were just re we could barely read right so we're like reading rule books and we don't even really understand what we're doing I think I and, played. I think I barely played. read, and you're already communing with the devil. <laughs> um, I think we played like two instances of actually rolling dice and and doing something. I remember my level one character died, and I was I was beside myself. Um, well, they talk about people. You know, when their character dies in the game, they go kill themselves. Then they or have something. to go kill themselves. Yeah, like right. death packs and all that. I'm like, stuff. I died every time I played. Like, I, I, <laughs> right. I'd be dead so many times. But, but so, so this, so this, so this, the scare happened, right? And I remember I had gone to a store, and they were just starting to make action figures, D and D action figures. Right. And I had one. I got my first one. I was all excited about it, and I wanted to go show my friends and all that, right? And uh, and then this started, and I, I I wasn't old enough to be socially aware of how it got to my mother but some in some capacity my mom was made aware of this this risk and you know fairness to my mom she's a young i'm the oldest right so my mom was a whopping 22 i was six she was 28 
29, right? So it's not like she was this wizened 40 something, 50 year old mother. You know, she's this young mother and she hears probably at church or from some of the other mothers, Hey, don't let your kids play D and D it's, it's, it's the devil. And she was like, I think I heard my son talking about D and D. So she comes in and she's like, Hey, you, you've been playing D and D. And I was like, yeah, it's awesome. And she's like, yeah, no. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And so like, I couldn't play with them anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't go to the kid. I couldn't go next door to the kid's house. Um, she took my little toy, threw it away. Um, like I, so I, I had this, I had this like, like personal experience of just, you know, just being told I couldn't do it all of a sudden. And then, and then Dre, you might've been about to jump into the music part, but then fast forward, like two years later, I'm at, I'm going to this church here in, in, in Oklahoma city, my mom's, her family's church. And I remember they made us watch this video that was being sent out to all the other churches. Right. And it was talking about how there's satanic undertones embedded into the songs in reverse that you have to play the records backwards. And they say all of these evil d demonic incantations and whatnot. And, uh, and it, and it's, it's weird. So I, I had, I ha I grew up with this aversion to rock and roll, um, because of that. And part of it was, I guess I was young enough to just assume that it was accurate. And then there was another part of me that thought, even if it's not, what if maybe one dude is actually doing these things that they're accusing the entire genre of doing, right? So I was like, hey, better safe than sorry. Kind of like, Brian, you made the joke a minute ago. You know, you don't you don't openly address the devil and take him on. I was like, why listen to music that might unintentionally commune right. with the devil? I'm like, I'll just be safe and listen to gangster rap because they don't like the devil. Either, right? like <laughs> Which is probably more accurate of, of the devil. I, I mean, Have you guys I, ever I, tested that though? Uh, yes, of course I did. Like as I got older, right? Like I would take an album and spin them backwards, and like you, you go to the usual suspects: Kiss, Motley Crue, and um, and Stairway like, to Heaven. But, but you gotta go, you gotta oh. go with with Sabbath and. Uh... Well, so hang on. So okay, yeah, but go. you gotta remember, right? Like so, Kiss, Maiden. like Kiss, Motley Crue, because Motley yeah. Crue were they, shout. They shout. they will say that they're one of the first ones to adopt the, the the evil demonic. Right. Flavor, right close yeah well so so they they have pentagrams in their imagery right right and the the urban legend and i still remember this to this day is that motley crew stands for mothers ought to let every young child rule under evil that's what yeah, that's motley right. crew yeah. stands for that was the, right. the 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 letters right like acdc was antichrist devil christ is that is that true or is that just the rumor you heard it, it was a rumor, but Motley Crue leaned into it, right? Because it made them edgy and cool with teenagers. Because that's, and effect, right? That's the that's who your your target audience yeah. is, right? Kisses, kisses. Letters stood for the knights in Satan's service, right? Like this was, but this was one of those things, and, and you know, it goes all the way into Saturday Night Live and the Church Lady, right? So then it became a caricature. Could it be? the satan right like right like so it, it it went from being something that was like a genuine thing that everybody thought was just rampant so i grew up in this you know southern baptist methodist mixture very religious home life where my mother was desperately concerned that i was doing battle with the devil on a daily basis at, at elementary school i like like this was this was the, the reality that i grew up in so 
it was it was it was definitely a real thing from a from a social point of view like whether or not it was real from a risk factor or the 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 that was those undertones were accurate i don't know i don't think they were but you know as we've talked about on this show the reality of the you know the supernatural warfare that's going on is a real thing um did it manifest in the in the in the voice of you know Gene Simmons and, and you know these these guys that you know aren't even considered heavy metal by today's standards when it comes to music and that's kind of a funny thing also. Quick, quick, quick the last thing I want to throw. This is a quick little uh, side story. So I've I, I, I've grown into becoming a fan of of metal music as I've gotten older and learned to play guitar and whatever. Um, and Carrie and I went to a Motley Crue concert uh, six months ago, and you, they just, you saw they just, boobs in the wild. We, it was a it was a very traditional Motley Crue concert, right? right? <laughs> but I was aggravated because I wanted to, a shirt. I wanted some some merch. I wanted a, a cool old school Motley Crue shirt, and they didn't have one damn shirt that didn't have a pentagram on it. Mm. Like Motley Crue is not a Satanist group, but this was right. their imagery from back in the day. They're still trying to be edgy. I wonder. And cool. I wonder. But if I'm they not going to wear. That... A, of course, they know what it means. Like, the, okay. and they're going to do, do they? They're, they're, I don't I think mean, most people know what it means. I don't know that I've ever met anybody that know what a pentagram is. Do you like, know what a pentagram? Like, do you know why that's a satanic symbol? I could tell you why I was told it's a satanic symbol. Again, I like there's 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 the truth, and then there's what is accepted as the reason. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't think it matters. I think that if you know that it is a satanic symbol, right? Right. Like right. Anton Lavey didn't believe in Satan, but. You know, he's right. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm aware that you can you can you can go back far enough, and you can make the, the <laughs> you can make a swastika not yeah you Black can make pentagrams and you can explain that pentagrams are actually Christian right if you go yeah, back far okay. enough with the imagery. But the point is how it's Fair being enough. used and the intent behind it, right? So, like, I'm not buying a T-shirt as a 46 year old grown Christian metalhead, I'm not wearing a pentagram on a shirt. Like even right. ironically, right? Like I'm just not doing it. So I'm just, I'm just alluding to a point that I'll, I'll explain later. Yeah, but that's fine. But yeah, so to, to sum all of my little part up, I'm just pissed. I don't have a Motley Crue shirt. Yeah, that, that, that is okay. BS. It's annoying, right? I, I paid money Super for annoying. tickets and I wanted, right. I wanted the t-shirt. I, I, like, I want to spend like... $60 for a t-shirt and you don't even have one I can wear. Right. Stupid, <laughs> stupid satanic panic kept you from getting a t-shirt. And then, and then Motley Crue being idiots and not letting go of it because they think it's still right. cool that they were part of it. And I actually saw that in an interview where um, it was Nikki yeah. Six talking about it. And he was like, yeah, we were one of the first ones to lean into it. It was freaking cool, man. It, the, ch the kids thought it was cool and it packed our shows. It's, it's funny. I had such an opposite experience growing up. Yeah. Like I, my parents didn't screen anything I consumed. Like I would, but like I would, I was into ninjas and uh, like my mom would give me ninja movies and then uh. I'd be watching them. I'd be watching them with my stepdad and my, my mom would walk, like walk into the room and like, why is he killing people? Because he's my a ninja. Step, then my stepdad's like, "That's a ninja. He's a Japanese assassin." And she's like, "I, why are you? Why do you like that so much?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's cool. It's, you know, it's cool." But, but that was <laughs> that was the extent of the screening of my 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 media content. But I remember when I was in like the third grade, my, like one of my best friends at school. I'm like, "Hey, you want to come over and 
you know, come over after school and, uh, you know, do watch karate. cartoons or something, do karate. And uh, he's like, uh, I don't know. What do you, what kind of cartoons do you watch? And I'm like, I don't know. Same stuff everybody watch. Uh, do, he's like, do you watch Thundercats? I'm like, hell yeah, I watch Thundercats. Thundercats is awesome. <laughs> well, why wouldn't I watch? What kind of what kind of a loser doesn't watch Thundercats? He's like, I can't watch Thundercats. It's satanic. Yeah. And I'm like, what well, are you what are you talking about? And uh, he's like, well, does it, isn't there a character that that uh, invokes the ancient spirits of evil? I'm like, yeah, but he's the bad guy. Like, you're not supposed to. Like you're not supposed to root for him. And <laughs> yeah, but if you have if you have a friend come over and he's rooting for Mumra, you're like, you got to go, man. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of the point about Dungeons and Dragons, right? Because there you, there are bad characters in yeah. it. But but you're playing a bad character, and then usually the good guys. It, it is still good versus evil, and you know you're trying to try to. Uh, like, I don't know if I agree it, with that though. So I'm, I have to nerd out for a second, right? So the, the, one of the differences with Dungeons and Dragons was they had this whole um, the your alignment, and yes. it, but you could be a good guy in the sense of you can go with your friends to kill the, the evil dragon, even though your alignment is evil. As long as you act evil throughout the course of doing the good thing, you can right. ultimately do the good thing if you can articulate that you're doing it for bad reasons, and you get bonus points at the end for being able to explain how all of your actions align to the way you were supposed to act. But how is that different than playing, say, Grand Axis Theft and Allies? Auto? <laughs> no, not even that. Access and or, Allies, right? A or board just, game, or just you're, acting in a. You are Germany, trying to conquer the world. Right. Or just acting in a like a, a a school production of a Shakespearean play where you play the villain. Yeah, it, it's um, not it's not different in in my opinion. I think the problem is, you know, we we've talked on this show about how you know things happen that are the first time, right? Like you know, the first time the internet, the first time this, and I think I think D and D and this the satanic panic, metal music, and all of that. It was the first time. You know, and and now in hindsight of having raised a couple of kids and knowing what it was like being a parent, not having the secret playbook didn't get mailed to me. So I didn't know what I was doing at the whole time I was being a parent. Like I get that, you know, these parents were reacting the same way and not knowing what to do. Um, I think I think the funny thing is, I think the next generation was wildly more jaded about those kinds of things <laughs> maybe in an over rotation yeah. in the other direction right so the way the world has changed my son he doesn't currently they that the little group broke up but there was an outcropping from his youth group at church and they had friday night D D at the church <laughs> and it was like one of the youth leaders and a couple of the the youth kids and there was like four or five of them and they would, you know, they'd sit down and they had an ongoing campaign. And and the first time when Austin was like, hey, I'm going to go play D&D. And I was like, where? And he goes, the church. And I was like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's how much the world changes. And I don't I don't know that it's an over rotation. Now, someone's listening going, I can't believe a church would allow, you know, okay, fine. Like that, like that's, right. a, that's a take. I bet you got a gay, like I bet you got a lesbian pastor, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, the reality is, is they, he doesn't you know, have a lesbian pastor just for the person saying that. That's he, that I mean, make, he, we've Brian, talked about his pastor. Before, I mean, Brian, so. Brian might identify. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Brian, <laughs> I know you don't. Um, I just, now, I just I wanted to, to, now I have to edit that out. Um, I, but, I say that to, I say that jokingly, but like, as if, right. 
as right. if it's, but it is conceivable that, I mean, there are a lot of so-called churches that have zero regard for the, the gospel or the truth of sure. God, sure. zero reverence, where if if D&D was outright out satanic, they would have they would have zero problem with that. Correct. So and, and what they saw it as was this is a way to get some kids to hang out that you know maybe they have nothing better to do on a Friday, right? So that was kind of part of it, right? So it's like, hey, these kids that have nothing else to do on Fridays, let's give them something social they can do where they can be in a safe, fun environment, you know. Um, and, and, and that's and where worship I, the I was devil going with the <laughs> with the whole with the whole suicide thing, right? So most most kids that commit suicide is because they're isolated it's because they're you know mm -hmm. they got nowhere to turn it's because they're lonely because right. they've been bullied right. you know if you have a group of friends normally in a you you know you have a pack you have your pack your tribe suicide's not as big of a thing right so yeah, look look at look at that really you know the famous series of stranger things right those kids right the, the, the stars of the show would be considered the outcasts of a school right. but because they had this common game to play together they had the reason to get together and they, they looked forward and to season it. four and goes big into the satanic panic. It does. And it trained it them to wait. What was, what was that? What, what leans Se into it? He said season four went big. Oh, into the season satanic four. Panic. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. With the, it, with the Metallica season, music. Those seasons are so far apart. Music. I never remember what happens in them, but, um, but there's also like the, what I call the lawn dart syndrome. Are you familiar with this? Lawn, I played lawn darts. They were awesome. Yeah, we just throw somebody, straight up in the air and hope some, to not die. Yeah, some <laughs> but some somebody got impaled on a lawn dart, and so their parents, their grieving parents, which is understandable. It's it's a, it was a horrible tragedy. They blamed the lawn darts and the existence of lawn darts for their child's death. So they crusaded to get them banned, and they succeeded. And and it's kind of like it's an understandable response that's, to grief. That's exactly like, what this Patricia Pulling did, right? Mm -hmm. She yeah, didn't she didn't have any self reflection on why her son might have killed himself, but instead she blamed Dungeons and Dragons and then made up a bunch of stuff and, and went on tour. So and, and, and you so hang on though. And they wanted, hang on. Well, I, I got to push back. Lawn darts was a really damn bad idea. Well, okay. <laughs> There's an age limit on lawn darts. You should be yeah, supervised. I, like I understand, like that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah, like and, saying you shouldn't have a you know a, a pellet a gun, gun or something. That's fair. Right, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and 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 there's there is this natural response when you when you lose somebody that you love and you're grieving, you want to kind of redeem it. You want to you want to bring some good out of it, and 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 you know make it, you know, so they don't die in vain. Believe that you brought some greater good out of it. And, and, and that, that's understandable, but often it's, it's not the thing you're blaming. Fault. No, that's you're hundred percent. Right. right. And, You'll and, shoot your eye out kid. And you yeah. want to, and it, there's, and there's, there's the extra appeal of, well, it's not, it's not because of anything we did. It's not because of that's it's fair. not, it's not because I neglected my child and it's not because and, I gave my child these deadly pieces of steel and then sent him out into the yard and supervised. Right. It's, it's Hasbro's fault. I, that's a that's a fair point. Yeah. That's or my point. or my kid who killed himself, but and also happened to be in Dungeons and Dragons couldn't possibly be because I didn't pay attention because I because I was too busy to care about the the warning signs or because I was I drinking didn't. my gin martinis and smoking yeah. my my it, my Paul Malls in the it's, in my it's, 
What kind it's of a the, stereotype mom are you talking about from the 80s it, there? It's, it's the D&D's fault, not mine. And yeah, so right. we're going to crusade against that. Yeah. I mean, then, obviously, it's the devil. Without the devil, my kid would be, yeah. you know, a Pulitzer Prize winner today. So, but, so we're we're mocking that, though. But I think and I don't I don't know if you guys want to talk about this some more. But I, I do want to address like the question of the reality of satanic ritual abuse, because I don't I don't know that we can. It seems like Dre, the the way that you framed it, Dre, that it, it seemed like you were suggesting that it the the it w- it was driven by social the i the the panic itself was driven by social forces and not by any actual reality of satanic ritual abuse. I I think I think that it was it the panic itself the moral panic that that became an outrage was based on nonsense because the stuff that was really happening or things that are real was happening all around them the whole time and and all of a sudden in the in the in the 80s we're just gonna read a book that's probably trash more than likely trash been debunked and people have you know recanted stories over and over and then it and then it hides it's it's like really good cover for someone who wants to do evil things. I mean, we talk about, I mean, we did a whole episode on the sound of freedom. There is, there are children being trafficked. There are young runaways that end up in horrible situations. Now are all of that, you know, done with some kind of satanic ritual where they cut you open and bleed the virgin and drink the, you know, probably not. But to me, if you sell a child and you do any kind of sexual abuse with a child, you are working for the fucking devil. And that's and that's in, in my mind, that's 100 percent true to whether me, you that know is it what, or not. Right? That is what whether actual Satanism yeah. is. Right. Right. It's not it's not about some ritualistic being edgy and cool like the, the Church of Satan that we talked about, you know, a few weeks back. This is like actual evil that, that right. takes place. Sure. And, right. Yeah. Right, they're not all going to dress up like the pagan people from Dragnet, right? And right, yeah, and wear right. the, the the ram's heads and all that kind of stuff. But whether you, I think, and I I said it, I don't know that I was kind of talking over the top of you, but it's one of those things. Sat- Satanism doesn't have to be intentional or knowingly satanic in right. order to be satanic, right? Um, evil is evil, irrespective of the name that you put on it or the reason behind why you're doing it. Um, the outcome is evil, and that's a it's kind of a binary thing. Um, before we move on, because I think we're about to move on quickly, before we pass on the lawn darts story, um, <laughs> I got to tell a quick John story. So my brother John, who's listening, um, and you guys will see him, ask him about the scar on his that's on his scalp, because my brother, when he was about, he must have been ten, played improvised lawn darts with a tire iron the kind that just you know the long with the the nut right. driver on the one side and then the the, the crowbar on the head other. on the other side yeah. and he was throwing that up in the air and sticking it into the ground and he threw it up and watched it until it hit him right in the head he got a good Split view his head open he's bleeding all over the place <laughs> so why would we ask him about it now if we had the story Oh, because he's got the scar. He remembers it. He, he probably tells it better because from his firsthand view of doing it. I don't know, but like, like, 
lawn darts weren't dangerous because they were called lawn darts, right? Like no. <laughs> kids just well, throwing shit up in the air and watching it fall was and happening all over the place. I had a bow and arrow set and uh, it was great fun to me and my friends would fire it straight up in the air and uh, see who could not die. Hey, good job not dying. We used to throw rocks at each other, just like, and that's and that's why I don't have any. And if you move, you're, to talk about you're, you're weak. <laughs> you're 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 a bitch. Don't move. I'm throwing this rock all the way across the street as high as I can, and if it hits you, hey, don't. If you move, then you lose, right? So that reminds me of some grunts in Twenty Nine Palm who were playing dodge rock after six Gen hours. X, baby. Yeah, right. We used we used to have kids, BB gun fights. Yes, those are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then not not if I shoot you first. That's right. <laughs> so, so you know, getting back to seriousness a little bit. So we're talking about the, you know, hiding. In, I think you basically you're alluding to hide in plain sight, right? Like, so Brian, yeah. you asked Ray, do you think you know the stuff that's actually happening or not? And he said no, but that doesn't mean other things weren't happening. You know, if we were to jump to modern, a little bit more modern era, right? There was that PizzaGate thing. And well, I, before we get to that, though, and, and I want to get into that. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think I think we might. I be think you meant to. I did mean to interrupt you, <laughs> you but it was for yeah. a good cause. Like yeah. I, I recognize I'm being rude and interrupting you, but it's what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. Right. At plus, least right now, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably get at least right now because, because it is more contemporary. So it's probably going to be a, a little bit a later topic. But you put a pin in that, Matt. Yeah, I'll put it. Sorry. I love where you're I, going, by the way. I love where you're going. Yeah. Black Bowl. Yes. Uh, so I sent you guys that video of the 60 Minutes Australia from yes. 1989 about, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was entitled Satan's Children. And anybody listening, if you want to, if we'll, you're, we'll, you we'll might, stick it, in the, we'll stick it you, in the bottom. You might be on YouTube right now and don't stop listening to our podcast because this is better. But when you're done, search Satan's Children, 60 Minutes Australia, 1989. It the uh, and by the way, 1989. This was back when actual journalism was still being done. Like they didn't just outright lie to serve their ideology. Um, although it was at the 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 pinnacle of the satanic panic, but the he, he interviews a 15 year old girl named Teresa who talks about how her her mother left her with her grandmother in London when she, at the age of 2 and she details all of this uh abuse she she suffered where there were human sacrifices there were there was gang rapes and and she was uh impregnated multiple times and the fetus was aborted or brought to term and then sacrificed bef before her and she was made to I hate to even describe this stuff, but I mean, there was cannibalism. There were every bad, whatever bad things you can think of, this kid reported it. And she was, you know, a 15 year old girl who had been raised with her grandmother. And, um, you know, it sounds so, it sounds sensational and fantastic and, and unbelievable, frankly. I like if somebody told me they had this childhood, I like, I wouldn't believe them. But, you know, it's it's not something I I'm rushing to believe, but they you know they talked to investigators who had who talked to other children who had this who reported the same things 
like identical rituals and they describe details of the rituals and uh it's it's it one it doesn't sound like the kind of thing a, a kid would make up a, about an adult who raised them um two there were actual like you know prosecutions of a lot of the people involved so this wasn't just you know it wasn't just one kid talking there were there were investigations and prosecutions and you know did they did they prove every detail of it uh probably not it's it's hard to you know go back to 1989 and and research all of the details of this but um you know wh when you when you hear about stuff like this of course we have a, we have a normalcy bias that tells us you know that's that's so far out of our experience who would do that what kind of what kind of a like you expect other people to be, to have some kind of basic decency where it it goes against every fiber of their being to do that to their to a fellow human being much less to children and so we're not inclined to believe it but at the same time you know that that's a that, that's a wistfully naive view of humanity in general if you absolutely rule it out as a possibility and when you start questioning well why you know why why would we dismiss it and there there was there was evidence for it there were there were prosecutions there were actual you know publicly documented court cases involving a lot of these things um so i don't know that we can rule it out entirely but if we do why would we like what would what would what would we what do we know well, that tells well, us well, that it, can't happen? Well, it's it's tough because I, I I'm listing other prosecutions and people that spent prison time on something that it was proven not to be true. Um, I think what got me into the satanic panic at all is about ten years ago. I guess um, there's a movie called The Devil's Knot that came out starring Reese Witherspoon and Colin Firth, and it was a, a telling of a true story of the West Memphis Three. And there was uh, there was three little boys that were all eight or nine years old that played in this area in West Memphis, and they were they were they were murdered, and uh, and the three teenage boys that were put on trial for for this murder because they were accused of being some occultists that did rituals in the in the woods, and that they they clearly ritualistically murdered these three boys. And the only evidence they had was he wore black shirts and painted his nails black and he really liked Metallica. Uh-oh. Yeah. So the, the it was it was weird. It was crazy because in in 1993, HBO had a documentary on it, but it was actually um I guess whenever the whenever the trial was in so 95, 96, they they filmed the inside of the courtroom. So the director of this documentary, Paradise Lost. Um, basically he was doing a feature on, you know, teenage problems and teenage, uh, the, you know, the, are teenagers able, able to be evil? So he, you know, he found this case, went down there at basically the, the tail end of the satanic panic down there in Arkansas. And, um, and then the more he filmed, the more he interviewed people, the more testimony that was put on tape the more he realizes these boys weren't. Can I pause them. you for a second? For sure.
I'm sorry. So uh, I got well, we you know, started back be, just as an aside, uh, tomato meter, 26% audience score, 39% for the devil's knot. Yeah, because because the film wasn't as good as say the documentary, the real did. story, yeah, the real story, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which got me searching. I'm like, "What? This is a true story? What the hell?" And I and I went <laughs> right. back and I, I started reading the case, right? And uh, I've I've seen a couple of documentaries on it. I've seen a couple of you know podcasts that review it, and it's like, man. And then of course there's the whole internet thing where it released Damien Eccles. You know, I mean, this guy got the death penalty, man. He he got the death penalty, and it was only because you know he was a troubled teen that you know his you know his girlfriend's mom didn't like him. So, and it was one of these investigators who was trained during the uh, Michelle remembers period, where the where police officers. <laughs> hey, get in the box. Get in the box. Come on. What are you doing? I'm I'm so sorry. We'll just that's we're, gonna be like nearly impossible to edit. Probably just they they started running seminars and training to police departments, people in school, corporations were doing these trainings how to how to recognize Satan in your organization. So there was a uh, a parole officer down there in West Memphis who dealt with you know teen delinquency and people that had been to like jail. Well, he noticed that he would that this that one of the kids was he had to be a ringleader and he clearly believed in Satan. And it turns out the kid was actually Wiccan, right? So any you know, he said, Yeah, I'm Wiccan, but I don't I don't sacrifice anything. I don't, you know, I don't believe I you know I'm not a Satan worshiper. I I just I like you know nature. Mm -hmm. Um so but but because he admitted to being a Wiccan, all the people down in Arkansas, Jerry, you're peered, right? They, they no, you're you're clearly a Satanist. In, in Arkansas at that time, that's the same thing. Right, right. And and what was also crazy too is some of the forensics they found on the boys, right? They were they were tied up with with shoestrings, their genitalia was missing. It was, you know, there was um, you know, cut with a serrated blade, lots lots of details that that kind of didn't fit the narrative that they were saying. For example, you know, they, they say, well, these genitals were bitten off in some ritual ceremony. When when really perhaps it's it's the the snapping turtles that's down in the pond there that probably ate them post mortem. Right. There was no, you know, you get crack, freaking doctors that give their testimony and there's nobody to refute it. And then next thing you know, you know we're 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 putting these boys on trial, well, and, and and convicting them. And one of the kids had like the IQ of a nine year old, even though he was sixteen or seventeen. And it was same thing with the 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 detectives asked him for five hours the same questions over and over again until finally he just admitted to killing them and right. and his and his two buddies are the ones that helped him and that confession alone is what what got them convicted yeah but and i'm not that... brian i'm not i'm not saying that the that, that there's not cases or that we can't be sure but there was our there are plenty of documented cases where people accuse someone of being a satan cultist when this teenager from a fucking trailer park probably isn't in sure. some kind of elite cult and you but know you, and, but and, you and can I, say that about any crime or 
or any like that's just bad police work that's but, not but what i but what i believe is because of of trials like this in these kangaroo courts that you yeah. really can go and do something because no one's going to believe that it happened because of all these failings before i said that a lot about like donald trump right people was like you know i'm like dude's not good right he's done if you tell the truth about the things that my man says or does you can probably convince people not to like him right but when you start sensationalizing and you start indicting him and all these things and you start awarding women 83 million dollars without a, tr a trial and it wasn't even for the sexual assault it was for defamation it was for because, defamation of character right because he and, but you know said out saying, loud i didn't, I didn't rape do her. it yeah, yeah <laughs> so, that's well because he said i didn't rape her because she's ugly she's disgusting kind of like you i don't think you're attractive either i wouldn't rape you <laughs> which is uh yeah i so so to me that kind of brings us to pizzagate well but my my point is that like not, none of what you described overturns the basic premise of the reality of satanic ritual abuse being a thing that happens sometimes it it does when when a lot of these people are convicted on memory and testimony sure and eyewitness testimony is probably the worst evidence in almost every murder trial ever well but eyewitness testimony is also ultimately the primary evidence you have for anything but 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 we, I mean, but we, we can... now now we have forensics, we have DNA, we have sure we have but... things other than eyewitness testimony because eyewitness testimony puts people in prison falsely. Well, okay, eyewitness testimony this... gets witches yeah. burned at the stake, right? This That's is right. this is this is a broader top discussion about epistemology that like sure. I it's it's worthwhile for its own sake, but it might be a bit of a distraction. But my point is that. I mean that bad police work. I mean you've got dead bodies. Somebody somebody was evil and depraved to kill them. Um, so you've got that going on. It might not in those particular cases. It might not have been satanic ritual abuse, but we also have we we can also see uh, plenty. And of by evidence. the way, satanic ritual abuse was coined by the author of Michelle Remembers. Okay. So but, just, so, I mean, just giving it that name is from a from a guy who talked about repressed memories of someone in their thirties remembering when they were five. If if you look up like the uh, you know the, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, sure, uh, the Harvey Weinstein stuff, the uh, the Westminster child abuse, the w Westminster pedophile case, uh, the Rotterdam uh, sex trafficking case, like you do have plenty of precedent of a like when 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 you do when you do have these uh organized uh conspiracies to do evil there there is often a a tendency among the authorities to look the other way um we we can we've proven that that's 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 a fact um and I think that's all the more the case with something like satanic ritual abuse, 
when it's it's already been sensationalized, it's already easy to kind of write off as as fantasy and and overblown. We don't need to pay attention to it. We don't need to take that seriously. And that 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 provides a lot of cover for evil people to do evil stuff. And even like even if you don't believe the devil exists, it's not that far fetched to to believe that there are people who believe the devil exists and worship him. Um, that's, uh, you know, and a lot of them are, uh, you know, they, they might've grown up listening to heavy metal, seeing these things glamorized and, and getting into them. Now, I don't think that listening to Motley Crue in itself turns you into a devil worshiper. Um, I, I have a question though. Sure. It's interesting to me that it's always the devil. When many of these cults that we, I mean, and there's a long list of them, even, you know, Jonestown, and uh, there's a you know, there's a couple that I, that I just heard about, um, uh, a couple of, uh, like, Black Hebrew Israelite cults that, that are out there. I forgot the specific name. I'm not trying to offend anybody who's that, that religion, but there was an actual cult. Um, Oftentimes, these cults, uh, even Waco, right? They're yeah, they're they're Christian cults. They're yeah, some kind of serving thing, right? So when you hear that, you know, people are dressed in robes and wearing goats' heads and spilling blood and drinking it ritually, when there were actual cults with other crazy rituals of of the occult that that are kind of with a, with a Christian flavor or some kind of a Muslim flavor. The, to pour on top of that i think when you when you add you know kind of a brainwashing and religion and you mix them together there is a potential for for evil there yeah and and i don't know that we have to call it satanism for it to be you know people dying and raped and in in nonsense that goes on in in these, yeah, in these I, cults. I, I, I totally agree um but i mean and that only supports my point. I mean, people will like you. You see, but you see what people will do when they they believe they're 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 on the side of good, or at least they've convinced sure. their followers they are to include Satanists. Yeah, um, right. They believe they're on, on, the, on the side of good. And people, well, they they I don't reject think the, Satanists. Do Luciferians do? I don't think well, Satanists think they're on the side of good. I, I think the people in that with that kind of a mindset, they look at things like the Branch Davidian cult, Jonestown, uh, you know, some uh, abusive uh, mainstream churches. I'm not saying that by one with, denomination. With, with small girl, Smallville girl, there was uh, uh, well, Nexium. but that was Nexium, but that wasn't a that wasn't a strictly nope. speaking a re, like a, right. It was, it was more like multi level marketing <laughs> where, well, where you it, like it was, rape chicks. <laughs> It, it, was it was like sec- Beachbody cult. That's what it, that was. It was a secular cult, but sure, the people who look at the the purportedly Christian cults, it's, they think let's bang an Amway. That's what that was. They'll come to the conclusion that well, God must not have much going for him if that's what his people do. So I'm going to go with the other guy, um, sure, because he's he offers more reward. And and we've talked before about uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Well, I, let me just put it. I think I've said what I need to say about that. Um, I think there's a lot of sensationalism, but I don't think that 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 doesn't rule out that it happens. That there that that is a thing that ha- that that has happened. And 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 again, to the listeners, if you're curious, just as a sample, 
you know, look up that YouTube video I talked about from 60 Minutes uh, Australia from 1989. But anyway, that's I don't I don't want to dwell on that too much. Well, we can. Uh, you wanted to bring up PizzaGate or I, I th- and I think what sucks is that kids kids get abused at schools all the time. In fact, people always you know they shit on the Catholic Church for their for their child abuse. Yeah, but statistically speaking, schools have more abuse than yeah. than the Catholic public, Church does. Public schools, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So, so these, you know, it's so always treated as I'll a you, local. I'll tell you story. what I'm not saying. I'm not saying right. don't listen to your children. I'm not saying right. don't ask your kids questions. Um, but don't ask them leading questions. Yeah. And in uh actually this McMartin trial changed the way it changed actual laws on how you can interrogate people in California because of because of these kids, you know, just lead, lead, objection leading the witness. Yeah. Kind of thing. That yeah. that didn't exist before then. Right. So that's yeah. No, the only reason I was bringing up Pizzagate was it's it's just the natural progression of what we're talking about, yeah. right? And, Fucking and QAnon. So, so there was this, you know. I'm sure people listening are familiar with what Pizzagate was, but for anybody that didn't know. There was a urban legend, an internet um, conspiracy, but started by QAnon, that suggested that there was a mm. specific pizzeria in downtown Northern Virginia um, that was a underground conduit for a, a a power circle that were essentially, uh, you know, uh, abducting and trafficking children. Simplify, right? I don't want to. Get, say, I don't want to get too specific because it's going to get it, it. Someone's going to say that's not really what it was, and blah blah blah. Simplified, it was. It was supposedly a secret pathway to get into tunnels and whatnot to traffic children. And QAnon started this theory, and then, um, you know, this is where the early conspiracy theory around um, the this this DC elite. That okay. included Congress people and financiers and media moguls and heads of state. And this was all wildly um, frowned upon as a white supremacy conspiracy organization. And so this continued to get air and there were there were supposed leaks. Um, and it was constantly poo-pooed by the mainstream media. Hey, there's no proof. You guys are being silly. You guys are being racist. Stop it. Well, then this thing about Je- about Jeffrey Epstein came to pass, right? And lo and behold, you know, 70% of the conspiracy theory was 100% accurate, right? Can I offer some clarifying quibbles here? Sure. Do it. Qu- quibble. Okay. Well, if you, if you, and I, you know, and I, I, again, I did zero research for this. I'm, this is just kind of off the top of my head, but it's something we've talked about before, Um if you look at the early stages of the so-called cons- Pizzagate conspiracy, like if you look at what people were saying on Twitter, what the actual substance of the so-called conspiracy theory was, it was that Washington elites were trafficking ch- underage sex, sex, you know, uh, sex abuse victims, uh, underage sex slaves. Um, how old they were wasn't really. It was it was all kind of vague. Um, it was it was DC elites. It was happening in that area. Um, as this went on, more and more details came out, and a lot of it was from like people with you know, anonymous Twitter accounts with like 
12 followers would add details like uh, it's going through this place called Comet Pizza. They have they're, they're Satan worshipers and they have an under they have a they have a sex dungeon in their basement where they chain children up and, and torture them. And that's where they they hold them for their their buyers to come and traffic them out and use them in their satanic rituals. And and all of these fantastic details were added mm -hmm. to what was otherwise pretty much a, you know, a, not that well, maybe it depends on you know mileage is vary on what you consider sensational. But it was basically just Washington elites, sex with kids, trafficking. There's organization. There's a lot of people involved, a lot of famous, powerful people involved. Um, and then all the details were added about the sex dungeons and the Satanism and all this stuff. So finally, somebody decided to do something about it, went into Comet Pizza and shot the place up, killed a lot of people. And now the, now the police got involved of course because there's dead bodies and they're investigating it's a crime scene as it turns out there's no basement and then the story was pizza gate debunked there's no basement so that that deep that sensational detail about the the satanic sex dungeon in the basement that's been debunked pizza bait pizza gate has been debunked now people invoke Pizzagate as kind of the prototypical like anti right wing conspiracy. Anybody anybody who set, who who voices any suspicion that the left is up to no good behind closed doors, oh you're like one of those Pizzagate conspiracy theorists. Yet we know from all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, if you think he killed himself, you're a damn fool. I mean, I I hate that we've turned it into a meme and we just laugh about it. The people who were responsible are probably perfectly fine with that because we stopped there, um, which is probably part of the plan. Just make normalize it, make it make it a joke. People stop asking questions or or pressuring them. They they release that pressure by by joking about it. But we know Jeff Jeff Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. We know that there were somebody had him killed because they knew the information he would let out would hurt a lot of powerful people what do they have on them um there's something going on there and also if you if you look at the uh the john podesta email uh on wikileaks i've poured through some of that um you don't have to necessarily go to wikileaks and pour through all of it just read some of the coverage of it they were into some weird stuff um they like they were they were it the WikiLeaks uh cachet included a lot of a lot of imagery. I forget I forget his brother, John Podesta's brother's name, but he's got a lot of like a real a lot of bizarre, disturbing artwork in his home of like naked kids in bondage and contorted into weird positions. He has a coffee table with like sculptures of naked kids holding holding up the guy is clearly has a preoccupation with naked kids um there's also significant discussion in these email exchanges between and john podesta for those unfamiliar he's he's a he's in the the uh the clinton inner circle um he's like one of bill and hillary clinton's closest aides he was involved in her campaign um he and his uh, cohorts are into something called spirit cooking. There, there's this art. There's this this female artist. I forgot her name, but just Google John Podesta spirit cooking. Her name will come up. 
Um, she's an outright Satanist. You might want to use a uh, anonymous browser when you Google those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but um, John Podesta Spirit Cooking, the name of the artist will come up and she's an out and about Satanist. Now she might be a Levian Satanist who says that she doesn't really believe in Satan, but she's just, it, it's just a mashup of Ayn Rand and Nietzsche with some Dungeons and Dragons theatrics thrown in. She might be an, a, an actual Satanist, but there are actual like rituals involved with her beliefs that the Podestas were involved in. Um, and they also, and they talk about this in their email correspondences. There's also a preoccupation with uh, cheese pizza in their emails. They're always talking about cheese pizza. Like there's one email where they, he mentioned what some somebody, either John Podesta or somebody writing to him mentions, uh, you left a, a handkerchief at my house with a pizza related map. Now, nobody is that obsessed with cheese pizza. That's clearly coded language. Um, according to the coverage you'll find, the the theory is that cheese pizza, CP, stands for child pornography. Um, this would fit in with a lot of what we know and is documented. So, you know, the, the Pizzagate stuff, you know, and, and, you know, once you start down that rabbit hole, it's it will it will darken your view of the world um but if i got to be this depressed and cynical all the time I, I may as well have some company but um it, you know you know create a create a couple of categories for yourself you know write write down a you know get a couple of get a piece of paper and and with two columns and kind of collect all the stuff that's been publicly documented and you can verify and the stuff that's sensational. And as Matt said, you're going to find that 70% of Pizzagate is, shouldn't really be controversial. Yeah. And, and if that's what we know about, um, imagine what we don't. So yeah. Um, Was it last week with the, um, with the, with the mug club investigation, Oh yeah, rapey dot su, which is a kind of a a dark web um place to find child pornography. Um, and one of the emails that was attached to that was an executive at BlackRock. So of course she she, which is bizarre, right? When you hear about child yeah. abuse and you know child pornography, the word she normally doesn't doesn't pop up in your head, but um yeah every 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 investigator like yeah this email that was used in rapey.su is a, a, a you know attached to this to this woman and then they deny it and the lawyer does all this threatening but but i mean this this is a website that when when you join you you have to submit child pornography before you're even allowed the secret knock right so that that way they every, everybody got you right so if you if you submit it mutually assured destruction yeah. kind of thing you can't yeah yeah you gotta you gotta have skin in the game literally you know to to join the club and you know if if there's elites that finally get caught like who who else is on su and used to be to or dot whatever because it has to keep moving around but i mean anybody who who just 
thinks that that's something that I need to type into my web browser, rapey dot fucking anything, probably yeah. probably has some issues and needs yeah needs it, some it, help or needs a bullet to the dome piece. Well, the, the bullet would be help. Um, but yeah. Okay. I mean, those types of people aren't. If not, I even they're, had, they're that not. They're not recoverable. Head, those, those human right. beings aren't recoverable. I don't care what anybody says. Like, I, 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 you couldn't come to me, look me in the eyes and say, hey, I used to be into child uh, endangerment, but I've, I've changed. It's like, yeah. And that's, that's, I, uh, I, I that's like that, the... that one's between you and God, and y'all can talk about it now. My name is Paul. It's between y'all. <laughs> so... I, I like to believe that, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I think if you cross the line, if I even had that thought in my head, I would, I would make it my 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 absolute priority in life to get help, and if they couldn't help me, then yeah, I would I would I would check out. Um, but that you know that would that would take some self awareness, which these people either have a ton of or fucking none of, right? So, uh, yeah, if you've cr- if you cross that line, then your best thing you can do. The only the only redemption available to you is check out. Just stop ruining the world. You're, you're I, not... I agree. All right. How do we how do we move on from that? That's a that's yeah, a dark that's pretty term. Terrible. Yeah. Um. But it, but it, it's it's things that exist and yeah and uh, it's really easy because it's a it's a Steven Crowder show. It's a show that's on Rumble. It's it, quick to you know he's associated with Alex Jones. Who has all these conspiracy? You know that was things. another one, right? So Alex Jones with his his conspiracy around the the evil Satanist uh, cabal that exists within the U.S. government, right? Young Alex Jones, and then he he goes out and follows them into the woods and literally videos them with a burning effigy to Moloch, Moloch and you know, and he then he then he accosts one of the senators later the next day, and the guy's response was, "How dare you? You weren't supposed to be there." Never said that's not what happened, right? It was right. it was a how dare you response, not a a what? How'd you who who are you? Prank caller. Well, like, that yeah. wasn't the response. Well, well Alex Jones is really an interesting case because he has all of these things that he puts forward. Mm-hmm. And then then finally when they hear one that's wrong, that they can prove is wrong, and they they, they quickly jump yes. on jump on that one yes. and therefore it discredits anything he's ever said. So if you but ever it, say, Hey, I, I, there's an Alex Jones episode, you get that look. Oh, you're a QAnon guy, aren't you? You're one right. of those whack job, right wing conspiracy, racist, ultra nationalist. They start just tacking all of the words right. on it to 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 disparage you to the point that you become, you know, incredible. We have we well, have well, Crowder's Crowder's given Jones a platform. So he's part of his his mug yeah. mug club. Oh, is that so, right? So so you know whenever Crowder comes up with something like this, you know. Well, Jones people... got his tw- his Twitter account back. <laughs> That's right. And we have a normalcy bias. So anything that that tells us that the world is not as we think it is, as it seems to be from our normal everyday experience, we we have a, we have a bias against it, but. As Christianity has died in the West, you do have people who are, you know, there's a vacuum of meaning and people want to fill it with something. And you got to, like, you have to wonder, like, why, why is somebody who devotes their life to politics, to seeking power and control over society? That's a red flag to not vote for them. Anybody well, who even runs. 
but but you have you have to wonder well what's in it like what meaning is there in that like i you could not if you somebody offered me a billion dollars to be president like you you could be president we're gonna give you a billion dollars i'd be like i don't know man give him my number you got you got you got i mean you got you got five billion maybe i'll do it for five billion (laughs) but just a billion like i like if you think like why would you even want that job that's that's the question and so like uh, with Trump, I think it's pretty obvious. It's a game. He likes playing games and winning them. It's it's my, ego. A man's which transactional. Is, which is probably simple. the most noble motivation we can find on in the in the field, other than Vivek Ramaswamy, who is unelectable because he's because he has good ideas that would actually save the republic. But like people who devote their lives to that and what is what's in it for you why is why is that meaningful and how do you but you know and if you look at if you look at the world economic forum that guy uh i forgot the guy's name the sapiens guy um um that uh that video of him talking about harari yeah that guy um (laughs) he makes my jaw drop like when he, he when he talks, I'm like, wh- what did he just say? Holy yeah, so, anti-humanist. So Brian, Brian's talking about this guy. Yeah. And we've we've mentioned the author in this book. And you know, the funny thing because his science is sound. The, the, his, <laughs> so, his anthropology is pretty solid, but he clearly right. has ulterior motives or or you know, extra angles that he's working with the other stuff that he's doing. He is a nihilist who believes he is smarter than everybody else and yeah. should tell everybody else how to live and should set policy. And that describes a lot of these people. Like they don't believe Bill that Gates. they are. Yeah, yeah. They don't believe that they are bound to the normal rules of good and evil. Well, because that, in that, their, in their world where there's only going to be, you know, 10,000 people that survive, they're part of those 10,000, right? Because they're so important and so genius, so brilliant and so yeah. rich. So What's they the, uh, the movie don't look up. Have you seen it? Has everyone seen that? Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. uh, that's exactly who these people are, right? Yeah, yeah. I I watched that. Uh, somebody as a somebody who works in a marijuana dispensary as a gift gave me some edibles. I never tried it before, and I had the recommended dosage, and I watched that. So, uh, you might need to watch it again. Is that what you? I like I, I I didn't retain much of it. I was I was really in a and by the way, now you know how roughly a third of America operates on a daily basis, Brian. I I don't like it. Like I used to like my my th- my this is a not on the subject, but I feel like I need to explain this to our listeners. I'm not a pothead. Mm. Um, it's the devil's lettuce, Brian. I'm gonna, it I'm is. gonna take your Christian card <laughs> my, right no, now. My, my thinking was that. You know, alcohol is per, is perfectly permissible according to the Bible. Marijuana is a plant. all the Lord's people said, "Amen." All all the marijuana is a plant, not not any different than tobacco. There isn't I, I, not, I, not any I, different I, than tobacco, or I, I couldn't I could not make the biblical argument for why it should be forbidden according to Scripture. So I felt I didn't feel any qualm of conscience to try it. And I did, and now I don't like. I don't know how that's addictive. It's, it's not a good time. It's not addictive scientifically. That's what they keep saying. I, but, like, 
But why yeah. people want to, like, if somebody wanted to interrogate me or like get me to recant my faith or something, the way to do that would be to threaten me with <laughs> through gummy with bears. Stuff. <laughs> like, right, I, I'll tell you anything you know. Just do not make me ingest that shit ever yeah. again. No, I mean, I would fight. I would fight it. Like, I'm I'm not gonna give up easily. But that would be the like you could punch me in the face or like waterboard me. That would not that would not motivate me as much as threatening me with with uh, with uh, CBD or THC. We we might um, need to do an episode THC. on it's on THC. on marijuana. I think uh, we should in in the Bible and Christian. I got lots to say about it. And the marijuana panic. That's another panic. There's satanic. And then there's the reefer madness. Yep. I used to laugh at that. I used to think it was, it was, uh, it was since, you know, it was just uh agenda driven persecution of, uh, of hippies, but, uh, or, or black people as, as the narrative goes, but as having, <laughs> Like that, that was the thing. It was black yeah, people smoke weed. So we need to, uh, need to crack down on that. But, um, mm. but having this, having some edibles, man, uh, that was, a, that was, it was an ordeal. It was a bad time. It is proven that it causes schizophrenia. Not in everybody. Yeah, really? But, but in, well, in, one of those things where if you're predisposed to it or right. whatever, that it, it, it draws it, it, it out. Bring, yeah. It brings it, bring it on, baby. Bring it yeah, on. I can see that. So I mean, it, I've had some it, I've had some it, friends with some. It's pretty. Uh, some it's pretty freaking dangerous experiences to it. Yeah, yeah. So the I mean, satanic. That, that, that's that's a hell of a segue because like I've got massive libertarian opinions on that, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. We, I don't. We, yeah, I think I think a whole show should be dedicated to that. And I think yeah, yeah, be fun. Maybe in person, drunk yeah, and high. So so, so, do the, uh... so so for those that I was security know, clearance. I will um, not be high. We, we we will be uh in the next few weeks we will be uh the three of us will be in the same zip code and so we're going to be recording a couple so you're going to see a different a different format for a couple we're going to be in the same room the same room yeah yeah yeah. but my point is we're going to be in the same zip code for another reason and so we're going to do a couple of episodes and so we're going to you're suddenly going to see a different format don't get don't get uh comfortable with it because it won't be the 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 ongoing format but uh we'll hopefully try to do it a couple of times and And it'll have a different it'll have a different energy and you know until the civil war happens and we have to rally to our uh our staging area well then we'll then we'll just continue to do our show and we'll be the voice of the uh the liberation right the the resistance yeah so we uh if you're listening to this sufficiently Described what uh what the moral panic about Satan is and and kind of the cautionary tale of yeah some of this I, stuff I, is actually freaking I, real. I feel like I there's feel... a bow to put on this, right? Like we, yeah. we talked about it and we got into the Pizza Gate and then we kind of went off on some tangents. But I think you know Brian asked a couple of questions because Dre, you you kind of started and, and and told a lot of the backstory and then Brian kind of pushed back on a couple of things. I think a, a good kind of wrap up thought might be this. Um, just because things, how do I want to say this? Evil can hide in plain sight. Let's start with that, right? And I think that's the real cautionary tale is that real evil hides in plain sight. Um, And what does that mean? Somebody that's not familiar with that phrasing, it means it doesn't have to carry the moniker or have scary red horns and a pitchfork and a spiked tail to be evil right 
um, things you might be normalizing or conditioned to or habituated to or numb to could be evil. Um, and it could be the work of the actual devil to create these panics and then have them debunked because then everybody goes, Oh, okay. Well, if that's not true, then I guess the devil's not really around and we don't need to worry about it. Let's all go back to our regularly programmed, um, station. Uh, so, you know, if you think about it in those sense, in that sense, it's almost a, um, Kaiser Soze kind of moment, right? Where you were so worried about the big evil and then you find out that it's not what you thought it was, and, but you didn't realize that he was actually pulling the strings of all of the things that were happening from the beginning. And that's a movie reference. And if you don't know the movie reference, I don't know that you're, you should continue to watch this show. Yeah. Well, yeah, you but, don't belong you're, here. You're, 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 you're a commie here. You're a commie who hates America. So, But no, I, I, I joke because I guarantee a certain Michael Moore just heard me say that and goes, son, I don't have no idea, any idea what you're talking about. Dad, go watch the movie, The Usual Suspects. <laughs> At first, I thought you were talking about uh, the, the big fat director. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, like, that cat's easily seen. The like that guy does not listen to our podcast. But then I'm <laughs> like, all right, 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 right. Yeah. The, the, the good Mike Moore, not 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 the commie Mike Moore. Right. Um, but no, go watch yes, the I usual suspects. Him. Yes, I did. <laughs> and and uh, bro, I know five fat people, and Michael Moore's four of those five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and he ate the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the movie director Michael Moore, not you, Dad. Yeah. Um. But, but anyway, that's that's kind of my wrap up on this, yeah. right? Is I, I think, and that was kind of what I wanted to explain coming into this show was we have these moments where we get worried about things, you know, Pizzagate, everybody was worried about, it. is it real? And they're like, well, like Brian said, there's no basement. So Pizzagate must be fake. Well, it wasn't right. right? Like it got over sensationalized D and D was probably never really a conduit to the devil. That's not to say that children that are out, that are, that are ostracized and kind of, you know, sequester themselves from normalcy and start acting really strange shouldn't be checked in on by their parents. Right. right? There, there's there's even a couple of murder cases where people, their D&D crew, because that's where they met all the time, and they actually plotted doing, the murder right. of yeah. of his stepdad because he had money. And they're yeah. like, you know what? We should actually talk about this. But it's not because they played. They used it, it, their they, game. They, they to... happened to be playing, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and this is a pretty good tea. If 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 we talk about the things w that we've talked that we've planned on for the next couple of weeks, it's pretty good tea up for our next couple couple podcasts. But I would the bow that I would put on this is that I I agree with everything you guys said, most of what you guys said. But I was going to leave him some wiggle room. I got to make sure I didn't say everything because you guys say some stuff I don't agree. You guys say some filth. Yeah. filth. <laughs> exactly. But uh, some of that, some of the, some of what you just said, I agree with. But uh, like what you just said, I agree with. But um, I 100% believe that satanic ritual abuse is a thing that has happened and is happening. Um, but at the same time, along the lines of what we're talking about, the devil isn't always where you expect him to be. I would say you have more to fear from the devil from the pulpit of your own church than from Dungeons and Dragons or that's a spicy take. I like that. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's not a hot take, it's a spicy take. <laughs> I will I'll, and I and I will back that up in the weeks to come. Yeah, no, very, I dig it. Very, I think that's very cool. I think that's solid. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I think by people reporting 
thousands of thousands of rituals and abuse across the nation is the reason why we can't find the the 20 that actually happened and right. and that's and that's too bad and I, and I, 20 is an arbitrary number it could be 100 could be 500 but it's not thousands and thousands in every town all the way across america for the last 30 years i yeah they i don't think the i don't think the population of right. those towns would unless everybody in the town is a satanist but which sounds like some kind of like black mirror episode or or yeah. or a, or, or a, a quentin twilight a zone a quentin tarantino movie about a truck stop and vampires yeah like, like this also, movie took a weird turn <laughs> so, i yeah. love tequila all of a sudden and feet for some i don't know why guys <laughs> that was that was that was Andre, not Matt. You, you don't um, like feet and tequila? I like Salma Hayek in the nineties. <laughs> I mean, I was I mean, trying to say Salma Hayek without saying Salma Hayek, <laughs> but thanks for for decoding me, detective. So <laughs> it was yeah, it it took you it must took, be Batman. It took some <laughs> it took some sleuthing, but I figured <laughs> Dude, out you were talking about people and, uh, against goodness and normalcy. P a g a n. Nice work, Joe. Nice, nice work. Oh, I'm Joe. People, I'm Joe. Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Paft people against feet in their tequila. I I don't think I, I am not be. one of those people. <laughs> I cannot be against Salma Hayek. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I, I even I, cheap tequila. I don't even care, man. You put I, some Cuervo I, silver on there, and I'm good. I actually I fell in love in that moment, and I wanted to be. Quentin Tarantino, even though I knew he had a big hole in his hand, he was probably going to die. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm did he have ashamed. a hole in his hand at that moment? Uh, yeah, he remember. got shot through the hand pretty early in the movie. He had some duct tape over it. I mean, duct tape cures everything, so I don't think he's going to die. Not from that. So does tequila. Um, te- right? Tequila and duct tape? You're and good. Salma Hayek? <laughs> He was a uh, like a, a mass like a like a serial killing, like delusional pedophile. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure having Sama Hayek appear in the way she did, I think that would have fixed him. I think that would have because uh... Sama Hayek anyway. cures PizzaGate. That's what that does. It's, I don't know. The world needs more. Needs more Sama Hayek. Sama Hayek. Yeah. <laughs> We are way off the rails. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking how uh, this was what I was planning on talking about. But I have seen they, her in person. Yeah, uh, all dolled up. Did you mention and, me? Uh, um, I wasn't paying attention. If she did, uh, no. Did you mention me? Did you like? Hey, I got uh, a buddy. No, I was clearly speechless. I mean, it's, it's not my fault. You you understand? No, but she's but she's one of the people. That looks better in person than in right? any photo that you've ever seen. Any any film picture in person, she's actually stunning. So, okay. like, I was stunned. That's why I couldn't uh, mention you, Brian, because I the presence alone. Uh, yeah, better. He, int- he intended to, but then he didn't. Yeah, I, I was. I came up like, hey, you know what? I, I, you could have changed my life in that. I mean, you, you could have been I, like. I wish I did. I wish I did. I wish you did too. You know who else looks way better in person? J Lo. I mean Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. I was I was surprised. I was like, I, like that's, that's weird. I, I'm not even, 
She's not like, even any kind of my flavor at all. I, like I, 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 I can almost get behind you, but then like I, like I hear her talk in interviews, <laughs> and it's like, it's like the AOC effect. I, I, I don't yeah. think she's that. I hear her talk in interviews, and I'm like, were you a WM? Well, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Like the way she tells stories, I'm like, did we party together in Pensacola or something? <laughs> like you seem she just is different the way she's for, for the listeners, a, a WM means woman marine. And it's so derogatory. We don't use that language around here anymore, Marines. Well, we never stopped. We don't say Wookie in. and we don't say I, I, ne- I never said Wookie. I felt like me, that was me either. Smart. To be I, I was I was being silly right I there. never I never called anyone to my lady Wookie. audience. I never said that. I never said the word. I never call um, anyone a Wookiee. Jin Kozar's Kozar out there, right? Anybody ever call you a Wookiee? I don't. I don't think. I don't remember that word ever being used. I don't think <laughs> anyone would have called her a Wookiee. I'm saying. I'm saying. Like a Wookiee. Wookie has a certain her. connotation. Right. Ha- hairy, stinky. <laughs> <Yeah>. Makes weird noises. <laughs> also, also amazing in person. Um, Angela Bassett queen it doesn't matter how old she is she's ageless she's like a vampire and uh nicole kidman it's a good kisser just so you know and and i did not mention you guys took her all to myself it was funny yes nicole kidman kissed me and called me sweetheart and gave Uh, me a hug she smelled very nice and she was super tall i had to get on my tippy toes And she wore those damn heels. I'm like, your I'm looking tippy up. Toes. Your tippy I, I'm toes. On my tippy toes. What are you, no, a 12 year old little girl? She she leaned down to me. And, she sweep, uh, she's really that tall? Did she sweep you off your feet? Right? So she's, I think she, she's allegedly 5'11. And plus, then she was in like, she's like in six heels yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I got to, so you know, was, I got to say, Tom Cruise as a, as a, as a league little guy, that's pretty, uh, I admire that. Like, yeah, he's, until he, he, and then Katie Holmes, like, he he was he was he was killing it for the short kings. Talk about mid, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I'm yeah. sure she's a nice lady. I'm sure I, she's great. I've always thought Katie Holmes was was very attractive. Very attractive, or just very cute. Attractive. I I I found her very attractive. I yes. I think mid is apt. Mid. I mean, like there's there's people in my daily life that look better than her by far. So I have I have expectations for actresses. I. Uh, I mean, I don't. Me, so misogynist right now. <laughs> so, I, I think we just got canceled. Yeah. Plus, I don't think she's a talented actress. On top of that, uh, I was really disappointed when she got re- when she didn't return for the Dark Knight. I mean, superior actress, but not good looking either. Her brother's hotter than her. Miss Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Maggie. Oh, you're talking Jane. about Maggie. Oh, oh, I thought Maggie you were talking Jones. about oh, yeah. Katie Holmes. Well, she uh, replaced Katie Holmes, right? Yeah, she did. Well, she that, did. That, I was. I thought you were following along here. I was. I mean, right. yeah. I. But she's a superior actress to Katie. She's Holmes, a good actress. Yeah. By far, like it's not even not even freaking close. But I, but Jake I, Gyllenhaal is actually better looking than her. I I found Maggie Gyllenhaal attractive. Have you seen in, him lately for that fighting movie he did? He's you mean he's, Roadhouse? He's, he's, he's freaking huge. That's Roadhouse. He's yeah. He, he better be if he's going to do Patrick Swayze. Well, he was bigger wasn't... than Patrick Swayze when he woke up before he started doesn't matter. Training. Patrick what are you Swayze's talking about? Awesome. And if you, Swayze... if you free ball 501 button fly jeans and you have a mullet, then you're a winner. Okay. I think Patrick That's... Swayze was I've the done that one... before. 
Patrick Swayze Not in a while, was the but I've one done that. man on earth who could pull that off. Right. I did. That's a it's a terrible, know, awesome movie. That's an awesomely terrible it's movie. It's a really it's a really bad movie, but it's it, like, really bad. Like like but I, I can't not watch it. I'm embarrassed while I'm watching it that I'm I don't think bad I'm watching it. It's terrible. I don't think it's, it's I don't really I, th- I don't think it's bad. I think it's um appropriate for the era. It was it I mean it was it was made purposely like that. So therefore, you know, it, I mean, it accomplished it was an, its it was an 80s movie. Like they were all like that. There were no 80s movies that were just like standout awesome, except like The Godfather 2. Like, I mean, that there, that era of movies, there was a certain amount of 80s that just found its way into it. I don't know how to describe it. Made it, are, made it are awesome. Are, hey, are we still in the show? Yeah. Again, Dre, hasn't said, Dre hasn't signed off yet. All right. This is what we're doing. Now. <laughs> Everyone's like, what, what does this have to do with singing and panicking? What are we, and, what well, are we cast? I, like I, made a, I made a comment to my dad when I was in San Antonio and I was like, you know, what's funny is, is, you know, we don't, obviously everybody knows by now we don't highly structure the show, but I've kind of figured out that our, our threshold is about two hours, but we always know we've hit the threshold when we start talking about movies and pop culture. And we do it in every episode at some point, our brains <laughs> just tap out and we just start talking about movies and being regular dudes. No, we just, we just revert to when we were kids hanging out exactly. and, that's, yep. and we're like, yep. all right, we're done. We're done yep. working. Let's, let's uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Work day is over. Let's, let's chill out yeah, and play I mean, Mortal Kombat. I, I think all three of us did tie a bow on a, we did. On a we did. So, yep. so um, if you're still here, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. And, uh, Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, help the algorithm out, share the show with your friends, and uh, stay enlightened, stay curious, and we will see you next week. God bless. Oh, yeah. And check out my hip-hop album. Out at the devil. (laughs) Shout. Shout. Shout.